Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. In today's episode, Face Fear and Strengthen Relationships, we're going to tackle two topics that are especially relevant right now in our industry. We'll start with Michelle Poehler, one of our Influence Keynotes. She will share how you can embrace change and find the opportunities in your current obstacles. Next, Matt Ward will share how we can build and strengthen relationships. Let's go. On this segment of Voices of Experience, we have Michelle Poehler, who will be joining us at Influence 2020. Now, a little bit about Michelle. 15 is her lucky number, and it just so happens the man she met and fell in love with 15 was his lucky number as well. So they married October 15th. But what's really interesting is 2015 was the breakthrough year in her career when she first did 100 Days Without Fear, which is actually what she's going to be talking to us about at Influence. Thanks so much for joining us, Michelle. My pleasure. (laughs) Let's dig right in. First question, and we're going to start with a doozy here. How can speakers better deal with the unknown and embracing change? We already are part of an industry where, you know, we don't get steady paychecks, most of us anyways, like other people that have other types of careers. And we're living in the area of coronavirus, COVID-19. So how can we better deal with the unknown and embracing change? Well, this is a hard question because we're really in this moment going through that, right? I am personally going through that. And yesterday I had this conversation with my husband, who's also my business partner, my manager in the speaking business. And we were like, you know what? We could choose comfort, right? Or we could choose growth because that's my entire talk. And then what does that mean? Comfort means stay as you are, stay uh, asking clients, is this event going to get canceled? Uh, You know, and and just go with the flow and and see where where it takes you. That's comfort. Like just stay Mm -hmm. passive. But what's growth? Growth is to have the vision and the speed and the willingness to change things around very quickly, to Yesterday we had the conversation and today I'm about to launch an online course because I don't want to be the last one launching an online course, right? And saying, oh, right. They were right. We should totally do that. It's time. No, you know what? I think that we should do things before it's time. We we should, because we, a lot of us, I mean, we're talking about change, right? They hire us to talk about fear and courage and change. And then when it comes to us, how are we being courageous? How are we adapting to change? Because if we can't do that, how are we going to teach that to others? And this opportunity, like this um, situation has to be seen as an opportunity um, to test right our own skills and what we're saying in our message so that's what we went back to my own message what am i saying to people how can i apply that today to my life and what i say also is that the enemy of success is not failure it's comfort so think to yourself are you being comfortable? Because it, it, it is so easy to say, oh, I got so many events canceled. Let me stay home, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy, relax. I never get to do this because that's like the first thought. But then it's like, no, how can I use this time? Get outside of my comfort zone and do something for my future self. You know, there's an old saying. It says, don't talk about it, be about it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that directly plugs into what you're saying. And it's funny because we're speakers, so we talk for a living. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. (laughs) My next question is you talk about the difference between universal, cultural, and personal fears. 
Do you mind sharing what the difference is between those as we're addressing audiences, as we're addressing things ourselves? Well, universal fears are those that we're born with. Like, doesn't matter how old you are or where you're from, like, like a five-year-old in India and a 70-year-old in Arizona, we kind of have same fears that threaten our, our, our life, right? For example, if we're in a really high place and we look down, we're afraid to fall down. If we see a spider, we're terrified of it. Even needles, because we know that means pain. So we are born with these universal fears and it is okay to have those because it's what keep us safe and alive. So it's okay to listen to those fears as long as you're not allowing them to limit your, your life or your passion or your goals, right? Like mm -hmm. some people take it to the next level. But if you have a, a, it's, you know, it's acceptable to be afraid of pain and, and dangerous animals and, and, and dangerous situations. So that's universal fears. But then cultural fears are the things that we're taught as we grow up and they depend on your culture, right? Mm -hmm. so, so for some cultures, something is really that perceive and then for others that's what you should be doing you know so um and then society creates fears to help us behave in a certain way and shape our personality to fit its standards so this goes to the fear of not fitting in not belonging not feeling loved or accepted and the way that this can affect speakers is that when someone comes into this industry and they start researching other speakers, what happens is that they start looking outside and they start to imitate a little bit of what everybody else is doing. They're like, how should I dress to give my first speech? And then they look it up, they see how other people do it, and they dress themselves as that. And so what they're doing is that they're just trying to fit in a standard and that hurts our authenticity. So it's not going to affect our life, like we're not going to die, but it's going to definitely affect our authenticity. And I believe authenticity is one of the most valuable assets that anyone could have today. So if you want to stand out, you can't allow those cultural fears to get in the way. And that doesn't only apply to you in your career as a speaker, but in everything in life, right? Mm -hmm. um, how you behave with your friends, how you behave at work, how you behave anywhere. Um, so those are the cultural fears, take away our authenticity. And then finally, the personal fears are those that limit our ability to take more risks and venture into the unknown because we want to protect our self-esteem. So it's not about other people and, and the perception that other people have that's cultural. It's about ourselves and the perception perception we have about ourselves. So we stop taking risks because we don't want to fail because then we will feel like a failure. But what I did is I was able to, um, let's say, reframe what failure is. And now, instead of perceiving failure as the act of getting it wrong, I perceive failure as the act of not even trying at all. So mm -hmm. whenever I don't try, that's when I'm failing. I'm totally failing myself. So now I don't really mind failing if, if it just means making a mistake. It, it will just take me in the direction of my dreams anyways, because I'll be learning. So those are the universal personal and cultural fears. That was profound, Michelle. So, okay, <laughs> so you have been very generous with your time in helping us really reevaluate how we view fear, where fear comes from, on what level. So I just have one more question for you. Well, I have many questions, but we want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to ask you one more question. And that is when it comes to redefining fear, how can we take that from obstacle to opportunity moving forward? 
Actually, I think that that's a great question. And personally, going back to comfort being the enemy of success, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever we encounter a situation that is uncomfortable, that is challenging for us, immediately our minds goes to, oh no, you know, and we think the, the worst is going to happen. Like, wait, no, what if I don't have a job for the next, I don't know, three months in terms of like speaking, that's what I'm thinking right, right now, right? So we go to all the worst case scenarios and what I do, the one tool that helps me uh, take every, um, you know, fear or challenge from obstacle to opportunity is I ask myself, what's the best that can happen mm-hmm. if I take a risk instead of thinking what's the worst that can happen. And so I start thinking positively and think, try, try to just switch the situation around and see how can I take advantage of this situation and, and actually what's the best that can happen if I do that. So it happens for me to me, for example, whenever a client asks for something that I don't offer, right? The other day they said, we want Michelle to give a 90 minute presentation. And I actually, I didn't have a 90 minute presentation. So my first reaction was like, so sorry, I don't offer that. I only have 60 minutes and then we can do Q and A. And the client insisted, they're like, no, no, we want 90 minutes and we already signed. So that's what you're going to do. So you better come up with new stories. So I could have stayed thinking the worst, like, oh, this client, why is there asking? I can't do that, you know, and and be stuck in denial. Mm -hmm. But I decided to say, this is a challenge. I'm going to turn this into an opportunity. So I'm going to build 30 more minutes. And then I did it, right? Because I had to, I had no option. And then those 30 minutes are even better than what I had in my talk before. So now I'm adding those to every talk and not even like adding, I'm exchanging some of the old content with new content. So whenever a client comes to me with those sort of challenges, Mm -hmm. instead of like, you know, complaining about it, I take it as a positive challenge to take my career to the next level. You're just being open. Yeah, exactly. Being open to the possibilities and and think we are not perfect. There's always room for improvement. Let me work on myself because the day you stop working on yourself, the day you go back to comfort. You can soak up more of Michelle's wisdom and influence. For information and to register, visit nsaspeaker.org forward slash attend and scroll down to see the Influence Conference on August 1st through 4th in Washington, D.C. Right now, our relationships are more important than ever before. Our clients, peers, and partners are stressed. At the same time, we have an unprecedented opportunity to offer grace and be a light to those around us. Personally, I have never had so many clients tell me that they love me, using those exact words, prior to these last couple of challenging weeks. Let's talk relationships. Today on VOE, we have Matt Ward. He's going to talk to us about the art of relationships because you can't have a successful business without great relationships. If you're wondering why we have Matt on here talking about this particular subject, it's because Matt sold a business for seven figures to someone he met at a networking event. I think it's fair to say that he knows quite a bit about networking and relationship building. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thanks for having me, Chris. I greatly appreciate it. Seven figures, Matt? Absolutely, yeah. I need to attend more networking events. I think a lot of people need to attend more networking events. Oh, well, luckily you're here to guide us. So who should speakers maintain relationships with? I'd like to say everyone. (laughs) 
Um, but I understand that that's very, very difficult. Right. So I encourage people to uh, participate in what I refer to as the high five effect that we do business with people we know, like, trust, and care about to the point where we can high five them down any hallway. Okay. So that the type of people you would invite over to a cookout, and mm-hmm. it's not just doing business with, but it's also your referral partner. So I want you to think oh. about who's going to send you the most business, not who's going to buy the most from you. So this could be other speakers, this could be bureaus, this could be agencies, this could be attendees that are just well connected and can refer you to other things. Yeah, and, and, and just to even broaden that a little bit, you say attendees, talk about your chapter members. I got a lot of business this year from chapter members, and I didn't even know that they were working other jobs. They had full-time jobs. They oh. were NSA members because they were also speakers. Perhaps they get they qualified as the salary position or something, and they hired me to do team meetings. Oh, wow. So we know that not everyone listening to us right now is a member of NSA. Right. But if you're not... Go and not only join national, but check out your local chapters. See what chapters are near you because according to Matt, I mean, my goodness, there's some business opportunities there. Yeah, it's all about how you build a relationship and how you follow up. Hmm. So speaking of how you follow up, can you share your three best tips or tactics for wowing contacts after one meeting? Sure. Can I add on to that question? Sure. So that they buy our businesses for seven figures? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Go ahead. So so, so how do you how do you wow them? So the first thing is you go from the inbox to the mailbox. Ooh. You mail them a handwritten card. Snail mail? Snail mail. Real, real it's, mail? It's all the rage now. Oh, So gosh. the thing you got to remember is when you walk to your mailbox, the first thing you sort through is all that stuff that's the same size. Right. You find the thing that's not the same size, and you look at it, and you stare at it, and then you smile because it's a handwritten card. Yes. So the handwritten card is powerful. Second thing I recommend is is video marketing of some sort. Mm-hmm. You can use your iPhone. You can use your, your Samsung. You can use uh, a, a video marketing tool like Bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I do, I use that for is LinkedIn connections. People send me these, and then I send back a video, and the number one response back is "Wow!" How powerful is that? It's super powerful. It continues the relationship, and it stops the sales pitch, mm-hmm. which we're all tired of. Right, right. So I'm looking for the relationship and the contact, right? Mm-hmm. And and then the third thing is just really like a personal phone call. Okay. But well timed. So, like, if somebody spends some time with you at a, at a meeting, um, maybe within 48 hours, you're calling them and just saying thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Okay. That's really all it is. Okay. I think those are all doable things, even though I'll admit I'm a millennial. I'm an old millennial, but I'm a millennial, and mail scares me. But, okay, I hear you. I hear you. We need to physically mail things, everybody. You hear that, millennials and Gen Zs? <laughs> so, what are three tools? You kind of gave us one with Bomb Bomb. Yeah. But what are three tools speakers can use to help maintain relationships that can contribute to business growth? Right. So, the biggest problem I see with businesses as a whole, service-based businesses, which speakers and consultants fall into, is there's no CRM system at all. Mm-hmm. They're using Excel. And the challenge with Excel Ooh. is it's not tracking emails right. and it's not giving you reminders. Right. The reminder is the biggest key mm. to actually doing the follow-up, okay. right? And to doing just the touch point. And so you got to have a CRM. I don't care what it is. There's a lot of free ones out there. There's plenty of paid ones. There's, mm-hmm. there's ones that focus on speakers. Mm-hmm. Find what works for you mm-hmm. and then start using it. That's the first thing. 
right? The second thing is in fact the video tool that I talked about, which was BombBomb. Right. Right. And then the third is just real relationships. You have to show up. And when I mean show up, I mean actually physically either show up at a networking event or show up in person, meaning you're showing up for the relationship, not for the business. Okay. Because that's the key. All of this matters in sales and they will give you the sales business that will give you the referrals if you show up in a way that you care about them, not for the business. If you show up for the business, they'll see through that and you won't get anything out of it. That is extremely powerful. And with that, Matt, I think we can end right there. Thank you for joining us on Voices of Experience. Thanks for having me. Matt was kind enough to provide NSA national members with two downloads, fire up your referral engine in just five minutes per day, and a referral revenue calculator. Just head on over to nsaspeaker.org forward slash VOE podcast and click on the button that says access members only resources. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. Remember, sharing is caring and rating isn't hating. I'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.